Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman in Antigua, where the TalkSport team and England cricketers will soon bid farewell as we make the short journey across to St Lucia for the third and final test match of the series with West Indies. The series, well, it might be done, but there's still plenty to play for. And from tomorrow onwards, you will hear how Joe Root's men attempt to get back to winning ways. But for today's show, well, it's a chance to dip into an interview that took place during the lunch break in Antigua on day one between the legendary Sir Andy Roberts and the equally legendary Mark Nicholas. So stay tuned for that. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. Delighted to say good afternoon to Andy Roberts, who I played a first-class match with for Hampshire many moons ago. Andy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Very good to see you. Um, the purpose with which, it, with which West Indies are playing in this series must be encouraging for all of you who so love the game here. Yes, it is, because um, we are always complaining about the, you can't see the intensity with this team. But uh, there's something changed from Barbados. I think the... They're getting used to the criticism and they decided to say, look, let us um, try and do something different. Yeah, and, and, yeah. De- and definitely that's, that's encouraging to see young players adapting, not playing so lazily. Uh, there's a bit of talent around for sure. Well, that's, yeah, but uh, the talent isn't spread all over. You maybe have five or six talented cricketers and the rest are workers and they need to work a lot harder than they've been doing. So. Let's hope that this is a sign of what's to come in the future. Yes, because you must be concerned that if there isn't, that West Indies cricket will become entirely a short-form version of the game and that test cricket or the longer form could die out. Yeah, but even, even in the shorter form, we're going to struggle because a lot of the top players in the shorter format are not actually constantly playing cricket. 
And you know, cricket is something that you need to be constantly playing so that you can maintain your timing. And as bowlers, you maintain your rhythm. If you don't do that, you will struggle. As you find that players like Chris Gale, Darren Sammy, Kieran Pollard, they all struggle whenever they enter a new tournament. Yeah, they're all playing those franchise leagues, aren't they? Instead yeah. of playing the longer form of the game. And that must be very difficult to sustain a high standard of first-class cricket in the Caribbean. Oh, yes, it is. And our first-class cricket has been, you know, of a low standard in the last 10 years. You, of course, have this history with English cricket, with Hampshire and then with Leicestershire. Um, and, and, and you came, if I remember, with Viv. You came to England first. It must have been in 1973, was 1972 it? 1972, first. Right. We, came. we went to England. Uh, we went to Alf Gover School for six weeks. Alf Gover School in Wandsworth. In Wandsworth. Old in the indoor yeah. nets good, there. Good old Putney. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you ended up at Hampshire How? Did someone at Hampshire spot you? And I don't know if you remember Danny Livingstone. Yes, very well. Yeah, yeah. Danny Livingstone Barbadian played, played for yeah, Hampshire. No, yeah. Antiguan. Antiguan, okay. Yeah, he's Antiguan, yeah. Played for Hampshire for a number of years and... He got in touch, um, a gentleman from here got in touch with him when we went to Alf Grover and asked him to, you know, if he could get Hampshire to come and have a look. And do you think that, that, that the English game was a, um, a grounding for you, a learning curve? Well, it was, because we play cricket every day. And when I was at Hampshire, at the end of the second team practice, because, you know, we had to qualify then. and. Every time we have a second team practice, I would stay back an extra half an hour, 45 minutes, and just bowl at one stump. And I think that was what propelled me. And was anybody working with you, or did you work out bowling yourself? Everything I do, do for myself. When I went to Alf Grover School, Alf Grover taught me one thing of value, and that's the value of following through. Because when I used to bowl, I used to bowl and stop. And he taught me, look, he said, if you could continue with the follow through, you'll add at least two or three yards of pace. Right. And then you began to be a teacher. A friend of mine was excited to hear from you earlier and is, is tuned in and listening now. He said, in many ways, in the modern version of West Indies cricket, you're the godfather of the fast <laughs> bowlers. And Michael Holding has always said that he learned the most from you. And Malcolm Marshall said that he certainly followed your example. Yes, um, I used to watch every ball that's bold. Even when we were batting, I watched every ball so that I could learn from watching different bowlers and capitalize on them later on. And when, when you and Mikey hunted together, did you find yourself at mid-on and mid-off encouraging him and working with him? Once or twice, but mainly because of the, the setup of the fast bowlers. I never used to feel close to the bat, so I used to be at fine leg or third man. But if I noticed anything wrong with him, I would run up and have a few words with them. And what are the things that you'd say, if you were talking um, to young bowlers now, what are the two or three things you'd highlight were most important about being a successful fast bowler? You've you got to look at the batsman. Watch the batsman to see what the batsman does before you deliver the ball. And if you can do that, then you have to shape your next delivery according to what you observe. Okay. And in your own action, Rhythm, I think you used earlier, the word rhythm. Yeah, you, you, as a fast bowler, you need to have maintain the rhythm that you have and maintain your stride pattern. Make sure your stride pattern is the same all the way. What I notice with today is a lot of fast bowlers do not use the final four strides of the delivery. 
and that's where you get your pace from the final four strides a lot of them slow down which is when you should um, be gathering your momentum to go into the follow through as, as they call it the coil these days yeah interesting to watch Stuart Broad off a slightly shorter one run I think he has improved that I think he now does have a good acceleration in the last few yards of his approach yeah because he uses the, those last four and his legs doesn't get tired from the length of the run which a lot of fast bowlers like seem to do right. and then obviously the follow through that Alf Gover yeah. talked about who was the fastest bowler you saw Jeff Thompson or Michael Holden, one of the two. One of the two, and that was yeah. Thompson in Australia in Thompson 75, Thompson in Australia six. in 75, 76, and in Barbados in 77, 78. Right. Yeah. Was there ever a day when you were, the, the four of you were hunting so well, particularly when Colin Croft joined you and was a pretty mean adversary um, with holding Ghana, Roberts, Croft, that you felt sorry for the opposition? <laughs> no, I never felt sorry for batsmen. <laughs> And you love that. People talk about your threat and particularly about the two bouncer thing, the slow bouncer and the fast bouncer. That's become a bit of a, 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 a sort of an example of a fast bowler. Was that something you evolved yourself? Yes, I, um, I thought about it myself. Because you see, a lot of bowlers run in and they change their pattern when they want to bowl a bouncer. You could see it in the run-up. They change the run-up altogether. I never used to do that. I used to run up the same. But then I used to jump a lot higher for the second bouncer. Because in doing that, I could gain more strength from my delivery. If you, if you run and you run straight through, you'll find you'll bowl at, bowl at normal pace. If you jump at least six inches, you'll find you increase your pace because you, then you use your legs. Can you remember fast bowling is your legs, your back? and your shoulders is the last but the legs should be the one that gives you the strength to follow through and of this current West Indies crop who do you like the look of? well I always like Kimo Roach but I thought he went off the wall a couple of years ago and then he seemed to get his um, his zest and rhythm back so then he started bowling I was know, a lot better yeah, yeah I was impressed yesterday with Alzari yeah. Joseph yes Nice, a promising bit of movement in the air too. Yes, uh, but Alzari has a lot of hard work to do. He needs he needs to get up a little. When I say up a little bit more, he's more on a forward trend. If you watch him, he's at a forward trend, and fast bowlers need to be on a backward trend so that they can use the all force of the body in the delivery. Right. So in the delivery stride, yeah. you need to be back. Ba and back then a, you use back the a bit in, yeah. right oh, to transfer it forward. Okay. Fascinating. Great to see you, I have to say. <laughs> you caught me, actually, a bit <laughs> earlier. Um, I'll never forget my first first-class match. I caught a slip catch off you. Yeah. It made me very happy. So. How many did you drop? Oh, I didn't drop any that game, but I dropped an awful lot over my career. But it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you very much for giving us your time. Uh, I know this is very much your domain, and in the old days you used to help with the ground at, uh, at uh, the old wreck, but not anymore here at the Richard no, Stadium. No, no. You're long retired. No, uh, every everything is for time. This has been Following On. On tomorrow's show, you will hear from the likes of Steve Harmison, Matt Pryor and Darren Goff as England begin their preparation for the third and final test match in St Lucia. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados 
is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.